All right, week number three of the 3 a.m. Coney, giving you what you need when you need it with a mountain of cheese before you get too drunk. You get too drunk at 3 a.m., Matt? Before you get too drunk at 3 a.m., that's right. That's, I mean, if it's that... 3 a.m., I'm hoping it's not a before situation at that point. Hoping Still it's workshopping it. That's just, this is going to be my, uh, my workshopping session at the beginning of every, every week. I'm just going to try something new out. If you're well, about to get... Fixed. If you're about to get drunk at 3 a.m., you either be working night shift or you're a day drinker that got up early. No, that's, see, be that's, one of the that's, two. that's the before you get too drunk. It's like you're going <laughs> to be super drunk. You were drinking all, all night, but you're going to be too drunk unless you get those 3 a.m. conies. Yeah, then the cone saves that the day. Nice little, nice little, that, that nice little buffer that, that keeps you from getting, uh, getting too sick or winding up at a dumpster. You know, they say it's like the grease and the cheese and the meat that really helps you. I think it's just because people forget to drink for a little while while they eat the coney. That's true. Good, <laughs> good thing. Good thing Skyline doesn't have a bar that we can just walk up and continue the after party. Give me three cheese conies and three shots. No, there are laws for a reason, Matt. There are laws for a reason. I haven't figured out why yet, but I'm sure laws are good for, you know, some reasons. Numerous, 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 <laughs> numerous reasons. reasons. Well, I mean, we like laid down the law last week on the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, we were, we were pretty harsh. Thank you. Yeah. It's like I went to school or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we were mean. We were harsh. And we, we emphasized the fact that this team was this close to pushing everything off the rails that they worked for. And, you know, we're five and six as we speak. Reds are playing as we're recording right now against the Indians. Yep. Um, and you know, I'm here to tell you, Matt, that I've calmed down because they got those three wins. The doubleheader, two wins, bang, bang, back-to-back, -back, and then the win against the Indians. You're at five wins now. Unless there's a major losing streak, you're going to hang around the postseason picture. And I think this is a really good team with guys that have yet to really hit their ceiling and perform well and with the manager who has no idea what to do with a struggling bullpen. And I think that all those That's things, still, yeah. I think they'll get figured out, though. And they're things that I'm willing to give some sort of patience on. The reason I was freaking out, though, was because a 2-8, and 2-9, and nine, that type of start, a long losing streak, and so far out of the playoff picture, that's something to panic about. But 5-6 and six in second place with the rest of the division either, you know, staying home or not playing very well, I think I feel pretty good as a Reds fan to say, let's see where this goes as the season moves along. And, I mean, you were right to panic. And I think that all of them, they sat down and they watched this podcast together and they saw how upset you were. And they were like, you know what? For Lucas, we got we to gotta get this together. For Lucas and all of the other Reds fans. And so in less than 36 hours, they went from 2-5 and five to 5-5. Five and five. At 500, it was a panic mode into a okay. This team can get in a little bit of a a little bit of a winning streak, a little bit of a uh, momentum swing when they need to, and then they lost. But I mean, they as long as they they take another one, the next two with the Indians, we do not have a reason to continue to panic. But you have the Reds hat back on the Swiffer, so I'm trying to figure out did you did you have it? There, no. Where, where was the Reds hat during this this three game winning streak? It needs to go right back there immediately. I think it was on the floor. 
<laughs> Throw it on the floor. <laughs> take the Swiffer to the mouth. Let me know if they take the lead, Matt. Let me know if they take the lead, oh. all right? All right, not yet, not yet. Well, it takes a little bit to kick in. You want to hear a crazy stat, though? Because mm. you look at the Reds' team ERA, they're top 10. Their starter ERA is top five. Yeah. But if you look at games, even when they're leading. So I was thinking, okay, bullpen's bad. When we have a lead, we must be pretty bad. No, we're actually top 10 again in ERA, team ERA, under 2-5 when oh. we're ahead. But do you want to hear this? This is late and close stats. We know what late and close is. That's bullpen situations. It's within three runs. In the oh, my favorite. Right? That's crunch time, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. The Reds right now are 26th in Major League Baseball, only in front of the Giants, Blue Jays, and Rangers for mm. Team ERA when it's late and close. They've pitched eight and a third innings in those type of situations, and they have a 9-7-2 ERA, 10 wow. runs allowed in late and close situations. That number is so bad that it actually gives me hope because there's no way it's that bad all year long. I think the Reds are going through a special little slump in the bullpen. I think there's enough good arms. It's never going to be great. Right. And that's what's going to kill this team in the postseason. Mark my words. There's no way you can get through, what, two, three, three-game series with a bad bullpen? It's not going to happen um, unless you have an unbelievably hot lineup. But that number will come down to probably 6-5, and, and that'll be good enough for the Reds to be even better than where they are now, which is 5-6. and six. Plus, yeah. some guys can start hitting in the lineup. I, I'm perfectly calm now. I'm ready to just watch every game. <laughs> you look I, more calm. They lose. I'm like, all right, they win. Yes, good. Okay, let's move forward. Nothing crazy should happen the rest of the year unless they go on a five-game losing streak. Wow, that, that three-game winning streak really, really turned you around. Yeah, well, because that's what you needed. You needed a little yeah. burst, show some talent, show some anticipation, good starts, everything the team wanted. You start to look at the stats, you go, wow, they're really good at hitting. They're, they're by some metrics, they're the second best team in baseball outside of the bullpen. Starters, great. Outfield, great. Shogo, looks good. New, and, and we're talking about Nick Castellanos, perfect time to switch to that. There you go. Oh, my God, everybody. It's like – when you spend money on people, it's like they're good. It's crazy to me. It's crazy. Every time I see this in every industry, right, somebody goes, oh, they overpaid for him. Oh, but then he's great. Like, if yeah. you pay for somebody, there's a real chance they might be good. There's a reason they're worth that much money. And I get that free agents don't work out all the time. But, hey, Cincinnati, this one did. Nick Castellanos right now, best hitter in baseball by oh, yeah. OPS. The dude has a 921 slugging. By the is that good? Is that good? That's good. Yeah, that's good. Nine twenty-one. That's a good OPS on base plus slugging, and that's his slugging percentage all by himself. And he has a one-three OPS, a whole hundred points ahead of Aaron Judge, who's stealing all the headlines right now. Nick Castellanos has been absolutely incredible, Matt. Yeah, he has. He has. He's in that what ten-game hitting streak. That I mean, he he had eleven, I think. It's, it's 11. 11 it's I can't 11. even keep up with him. He, he, he's probably hitting another one right now. I can't even keep up with him. He is on fire. Yeah, I mean, he's just – I love the way he plays, the energy. I had a friend that I broadcasted with. He was a Cubs fan, is a Cubs fan. And he texted me. He said, it's the favorite player I've ever had on the Cubs for a short period of time because of just yeah. the way he plays the game. And Reds fans are falling in love with him. 
And, you know, Moose is all the, on, on all the commercials right now, you know, watching the game. I'm not sure that it should be that way. I think Costa, whoa, knock the mic over. Castellanos would be the big star, I think. Castellanos got you flustered. Got me flustered. There. Six home runs, it's absolutely flustered. insane. It's crazy. Oh. Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. And I think Moustakis is going to pick it up. And I think everybody's going to start to get used to weirdness of the season. And, uh, you know, 60-game stretches, if you're familiar with summer collegiate league baseball, which there's a lot in Cincinnati, uh, the Great Lakes League is in Cincinnati. You've got the Cincinnati Steam and the Hamilton Joes right in the city or just outside the city in Hamilton. Those are yep. summer collegiate teams. They play 40 to 70-game seasons. They have the DH. They have big rosters that change all the time, which is what we see happening right now with COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And it's a very similar season. Longer series, less opponents. And I, I think that anybody familiar with summer collegiate league baseball knows those seasons can get awfully fun yeah. really quick. And I think that's what we're looking at. There's going to be guys who have absolutely insane numbers by the end of this. And maybe Castellanos is a part of those guys with insane numbers. Yeah, because you, you, every game matters. You cannot have a week where you're just, eh, taking it easy. We have 162 games. It, no, you no. have to play your hardest. Every game, whole team has to show up. And good transition into can they still win the whole damn thing? And you are, you are in a better mood. We, we probably, if we were doing a, a, a percentage of what we think, if they could win the whole damn thing, Let's see. Five thirty-eight has them at a has the Reds at a fifty-nine percent chance of making the playoffs, just under the Cubs. Cubs are at ninety-two. That's more than the Cardinals, more than the Brewers, more than the Pirates at two and nine. That's if if they keep it up, yeah, they figure out these bullpen issues. They 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 David don't even Bell need to Matt. stop I'm stops trying to. Just pull a rabbit out of a goddamn hat, and he just lets the players play. Yeah, hopefully they'll win more games, and that will be a possibility coming the end of the season. I don't think they, you know, we talk about to make the playoffs. I think that they have the momentum; they're comfortable now. There's enough good hitters and enough good starters. As long as there aren't mass injuries or infections, which is something you have to say in 2020. As yeah. long as nothing like that happens that really derails a 10- or 15-game stretch, uh, even with a bad bullpen, I think this team is a 95% chance to make the playoffs. I feel really comfortable Oh, you're giving them 95%. Gonna see, All right. Yeah, I'm, I feel really comfortable we're going to see postseason baseball in Cincinnati. And yeah. I actually went back and looked. With the expanded postseason, when would be the last time that the Reds made the playoffs in the first 60 games of the year? And it's actually the last time they made the regular playoffs in 2013 when oh, it yeah. was the Cueto, Cueto, last game ever managed by Dusty Baker God. in Cincinnati. Oh. Um, which we can argue about that another day. Yeah, that could be an entire, entire week. It's just talking about that game. But it was just – that's the last time that they've been even in the top half of the league after 60 games or after the entire season's over. Yeah. So it's been a long time since there's been decent baseball, and I feel really comfortable that the Reds will be in the playoffs. Now, what are five? Does five thirty-eight have odds for us winning the World Series? Oh, I mean, it's never too early to look. Because I, I, I want to know. Um. Yeah, we got fourteen percent to win the division. Fourteen, okay. I would be like thirty percent to win the division for the our, Reds. Our simulated. 
record is 31 and 29. That makes and sense. Chance to win the World Series is 2%. 2%? Honestly, chance. honestly, that's a little high for me with Nate Jones basically holding the ball up and saying, hey guys, I'm throwing a fastball and then throws it and gets rocked. With, you know, I, I just don't see this bullpen at all winning a World Series in this type of playoff format. We'll, just- we'll, we'll say that those are the 12th best odds and it is a six-way tie. I just I think it's zero. I, I I don't know this team can win the World Series. I I think it's like a half a percent. I mean, this bullpen's gonna get it has to get miles better, yeah. miles better. And I would be, it would be a, a crime to my objectivity in sports talk if I came on here and said, oh, the Reds can win the World Series because every team that has a horrendous bullpen for the last twenty years, I've consistently said on everything I ever did, whether I was a little kid talking to a tape recorder, I've been saying mm-hmm. it since I was eight. If you don't have a bullpen, you're not winning in the playoffs. It's not happening. The reason the Yankees won so many World Series was Mariano Rivera, right? Yeah. You had the guy. Comes in, inning over. Done. Finito. You, know, you can turn it off. You can go, all right, game's won. Yeah, and that's just – I don't think the Reds have that for this type of postseason format especially. I'd be, I'd be at around 2% if it were five games, seven games, seven games because there – you can actually win four games and your blow, bullpen blow three of them, yeah. right? You can kind of figure that out. But w- with the bullpen, to me, it's a big ask to win low-odds series if your bullpen's going to give up four runs every third game. I mean, That's just a huge ask for me. The Cub- Cubs are 9-2, and two and their bullpen's worse than ours, or at least close in some games. They looked pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, they're better in one-run games. And listen, I'm not saying it's completely impossible. That's why I'm going to put it at half a percent. But, like, the number one thing, if this were a regular 162, I'd be screaming it already. Right now, we need to trade about everything we have, not for a shortstop, not for uh, another outfielder, you know, not for a corner infielder to eventually replace Votto, not for another starter, for a bullpen hammer. Don't talk about replacing Votto yet. I mean, or just symptoms. like, a, you know, I don't know, spell Votto, extra DH. No, none of that. We would need a bullpen arm. That's that's the Reds' number one need would be a bullpen arm or two of them. And, Gone for uh, a day, came back, banged. Yeah, I love Joey. I love Joey, but he's 37. And it's uh, – we'll, it we'll see how he lasts through these 60 games. Yeah. Um, you know, because I was down on Joey for a little bit there. Um, but this is a great start for him. This was a perfect scenario. Get the rest. Get out of the rhythm. New situation. New environment. Miss baseball a little bit. Uh, I think it's been great for Joey. I just, for me, 95%, we're going to make the playoffs, Reds fans. There's going to be playoff baseball. And then to win the World Series, it's going to fall to like half a percent to 1% for me at the moment. And when they make the playoffs, I'll bump it up to like 20, 21%. Um, the bullpen's just that bad. I mean, that Reds is, fans, like, look into your soul. Do you really see Nate Jones on the mound in the eighth inning of a World Series and the Reds are winning that game? I don't see that happening whatsoever. I don't see Amir Garrett or Rice yeah. Iglesias. I don't see anybody in that pen. Lorenzen throws yeah. really hard, and maybe Lorenzen can figure it out, but there's not a single guy that you would even consider close to an all-star, let alone elite bullpen right. arm, which is, which is what you need to win the World Series. No, you're right. You're right. So, at 95%. Yeah, what are your playoff odds and World Series going to Going to the playoffs, you are 
you are basically predicting another Cincinnati postseason heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, just let's just see how far need. they go. Just what we need. I think, but I think making the postseason is important. The front office can go to Castellanos. They can go to Mustakis. They can say, hey, guys, we are going to make an investment even more into this bullpen. We have Hunter Green coming up to fill out the starting rotation. We feel really good about it. Join us again. You know, maybe you sign another free agent and you can continue the aggressiveness. The goal of this season, the World Series window is open. The goal of this season, because I said this before the year, the World Series window open. Now that I've seen the team, to me, it's a small opening. It's there, but it's a small opening. Now the goal is don't let the window shut. Don't let the window shut by peeing down your leg and missing the playoffs. Inch that window open a little bit more. Do what the Cubs did leading into 2016. Build into it. I think that's on. That's what's on the table for the Reds. But I didn't hear what are your playoff odds and what are your World Series odds. Well, I mean, I'm thinking 95 seems about right. Like right now, if 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 these are early season issues that they are figuring out. Reds have the players. Reds have the talent to be able to make the postseason. No doubt. Especially with, what, over 50% of teams making it. They're going to have to really shoot themselves in the foot to to not make it at all. Um, I think my World Series odds might be a little bit higher than that just because, I mean – hype alone Cincinnati's getting in they go you know what we we just needed a worldwide pandemic to give give ourselves a shot then they might be able to to get get rid of some of those mistakes turn it on have have kind of that the hero mentality and bring postseason success to Cincinnati and if not the World Series I I think that if they don't shoot themselves in the foot and they can make it into the postseason, we'll make it. We'll, we'll we'll go a round or two in. Yeah. How about this? Let's just advance in the playoffs as a city for the first time since 1995, unless you want to count the U.S. Open Cup for FC Cincinnati or something the Cyclones did. Yeah, which I I'm I'm putting I'm putting asterisks on both of those. Yeah. No. No. Professional sports in the city. The last time that a team advanced in the postseason was 1995. The last time there was a home game in the playoffs, one in Cincinnati, was 1995. Mm. It has been an 11-game losing streak, Matt, for the Reds and the Bengals at home in the playoffs. It has been a torturous, torturous – God, how many years is that even? 25 years. 25 years. Are you kidding me? Two professional sports teams, two professional sports teams who have never been like the worst in the league. Like the Reds have never been the Padres. They're a historic organization. The Bengals have never been the Browns. The Bengals have never been the Dolphins in recent years, right? The Bengals have never been the Lions. They've never been that bad as much as people want to say it. Yeah. Especially in the 2000s. It's incredible that they have not had any home success whatsoever. Now, This is a great transition. We move to our final topic, Matt. Joe Burrow. Yep. Will it be the Reds? Hopefully it's the Reds. They end it before Joe Burrow even has a chance to play in the playoffs. But I made the comparison yesterday. You listened to the show. Russ Heltman joined us from All Bengals for Sports Illustrated. And, you know, we talked about the Andrew Luck, Joe Burrow, where those comparisons could lie in the type of year that 
Andrew Luck had was seven game-winning drives, nine and one in one-score games. He had 23 touchdowns, 18 picks, five touchdowns on the ground, ran for 300 yards, scrambled for a bunch of first downs, and carried an awful team to 11-5 and in second place in the division. Yeah. You see that as something that could be in the cards for Joe Burrow. Uh, absolutely. 100%. And we, we were talking about um, where we see Joe Burrow leading this team this year. How, how many – if he's going to struggle in these first games or what this team is going to look like at the end of this season. Joe Burrow absolutely can, can take, take the Bengals where they need to be. And with everything that we're seeing right now in, in training camp, he looks shredded. Shredded. He is absolutely, absolutely jacked. Shredded. You can't look at him and, you, and, and go – Not a ah, single you know. picture. <laughs> Not a single picture. And you know, Throw, it's just, you got to be throwing pictures up right now during during this part of the podcast. I mean, he's just like absolute, like every vein is like he's just. I don't know what he did over the last three months. I mean, he got shredded. He looks like now like a number one pick. Like he looks athletic. Plus, did you see the pictures? They did a video. There was the the strength and conditioning coach. The remember the one where Burrow had his shirt off and he was shredded. Yeah, it looked like a damn linebacker. Yeah, if you scroll through that though. That's all the Bengals draft picks, all of them. And you watch the short shuttle sprints. Burrow's first. He's faster than all those guys. Oh, I didn't see that. He's, he's first. Like, he is – he's not as fast as T. Higgins. But – Oh. I honestly think Burrow would run a 4 five, five. I think he yeah. would run something like that, a 4-6. Like, he is fast. And – with the type of shape he's in, I can't imagine how much faster he might have gotten in the interim. Yeah. And I think that I think we're going to see how athletic this kid truly is this year. I think he's going to make a lot of plays with his feet. He's going to do a lot of ad libbing. Um, he's done that his whole career. I mean, he's not he's not a guy that's afraid to ad lib. And he just played in the SEC, so he, I don't think the defense is going to be too awfully fast for him. It's just about the connection with the wide receivers. That's where yeah. the hype for me goes in and out. Because I don't know how good the connection can get with the wide receivers in this short amount of time, in this type of environment. I don't know. We've never yeah. seen it. I'm not sure. But if he can get a connection with those guys, if they are professionals that catch the ball and run the right routes and they get on the same wavelength at some point during the season, Burrow's going to look really special in some games. I mean, really special. Like four touchdown performances, 480 yards. They have a beat on the defense, and he's just ripping people apart. He yeah. can have that type of season, those type of games in this season if the connection with the receivers gets there. If not, it's going to be a lot of roughness, a lot of scrambling, some miscommunication, kind of dragging the team, dragging his stats. Still looks great, but it's clearly just not clicking. I think that's the difference for me for the two seasons possible for Joe Burrow. Yeah, and that's that, exactly what you're saying. That's twofold. And what he said during the press conference, he he absolutely understands that that is one of the that chemistry with the wide receivers is going to be make or break for this season, especially with not having the preseason games, not having the entire summer off season of of getting that together and being able to do that, understanding that that is a big hump that he needs to get over for this team's success. Understanding that, which Joe Burrow is 
insanely smart. Oh, yeah. He knows that. Oh, yeah. he, he, is, he is not going to be like, eh, we'll just figure it out in the game. Hashtag he, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Let me, let me go off on a tangent here, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because every Browns fan, this is unbelievable to me, okay? And I'm looking at every single person in Southeast Ohio that's got Brown stuff because they have been watching this kid since he was 14. They knew how great he was. They cheered for him every second he was at LSU. Then he gets to the NFL, and they turn around, and they say, well, Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than he'll be. And I'm like, you guys are absolutely insane. What are you doing latching yourself onto this failed entity that is the Cleveland Browns? This, this organization that literally was propped up by the government of the NFL. They reignited the whole franchise. They had to leave. It was so bad. And Baker Mayfield's a guy who can't even bother himself to get in shape. He's only six foot tall. He played at Oklahoma instead of LSU and had worse stats than Joe Burrow in college when oh, yeah. they both won the Heisman. It's not even close between those two. Baker Mayfield is clearly not as football intelligent as Joe Burrow is. And anybody that knows this kid or knows his family or grew up anywhere close to Athens, which is most Browns fans I've met, understand that. And Browns fans that know Joe Burrow from Ohio, especially the southern part of Ohio, or even Columbus, they want to come out here and pretend like Baker Mayfield's going to be a better quarterback over the next 10 years. And to me, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard because Baker Mayfield never looked as good as Joe Burrow does or did at LSU. Never looked as good at Oklahoma. Never. I watched a lot of those games. Never did. And he's looked like an absolute joke of an NFL quarterback yes. the first two years. He's been so bad. He's been so bad that if he's bad again, he's going to be a free agent and he'll be a backup in a year. There's not a lot of other rookies that's happening with right now. And yeah. Browns fans just don't want to admit that they drafted another bust. And the guy that they would be the savior, would be the kid from Ohio, the guy that actually matches the Browns' attitude, is going to be winning games in Cincinnati. I'm sorry, Cleveland. you got another 20 years of losing ahead of you. You're used to it, though, so hang on. Yeah, we don't, we don't need to apologize to them. We'll just say, hey, more of the same. Keep, keep ordering. <laughs> it's not going to change for you. One of my favorite Baker Mayfield moments from last season was I had picked him up as a backup quarterback for fantasy football. And he, I didn't start him. I can't remember who my other quarterback was, but I didn't start him. I started him one week and he was projected like 22 points and ended up getting like 11. So I dropped him. My buddy still ever picked him up next week played him against me on a Monday night football game. I can't remember who they played, but Baker Mayfield ended with like negative 2.5 points. And I won because of it. He could have like not started a quarterback or started any other quarterback, but he started Baker Mayfield and I beat him in fantasy football because of it. I love it. That's that's just brilliant. I think that happened to – I don't think that happened to me. I think that I blew somebody out and Baker Mayfield was there putting up just awful numbers. Awful. But, like, the thing with the Browns is they can't start 0-2. It's that situation yeah. again. They put so much pressure on themselves in that organization. You can't start 0-2. The whole world will collapse down on you. The Bengals have done this correctly. They have a coach – like last year, disaster. Freddie Kitchens. Oh my God! What an absolute crazy hire to me. <laughs> some some guy they just pulled Absolutely off, off the couch. To... And we all forget it was Baker's guy. Baker yeah. was like, "This is the guy I want to be the head coach." I love Freddie. I hate Hugh and I hate Greg Williams. Get him out of here. Every Baker needs his kitchens. And like, it's just 
I, I can't believe they've latched onto it. And there's so many people who wore Joe Burrow LSU jerseys who said, I wish Joe all the best, but I'll never cheer for the Bengals. I'm going to stick with the Browns. It's like, all right, have fun. Like, yeah. you know, this, this was your legitimate opportunity to not even for the rest of your life, but for just the next 10, 15 years. Roof of the Ohio guy. Enjoy yep. some success mm-hmm. and be a part of the better franchise that's in this, the state of Ohio. And Matt, have you ever had a Browns fan try to claim to you that they are a better franchise than the Cincinnati Bengals? My dad is a Browns fan, but he has never tried to claim that. He, he mostly jokes about how much they suck. Yeah, well, usually what I hear is, well, they're like comparable. Not even yeah. close, fellas. Not even close. Do you know who has the second most wins at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland behind Ben Roethlisberger? I was going to say Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know. It's Andy Dalton. It's a Bengal. It's, he's been winning games there, too. He's been blowing Browns out for years. The, John Kidna blew out the Browns, right? You know, Carson Palmer blew out the Browns. Ryan Fitzpatrick, when he was a Bengal, beat the Browns. Like, everybody beats the Browns. That's what the Bengals do. Last year, we had a 1-14 team blow them out by 20 points. Yeah. Like, Bengals beat the Browns. That's how it's supposed to be. And with Joe Burrow, it's going to be that way for now and ever. And I had to get that off my chest. It's been bubbling up. No, let, let's keep – I mean, we're playing the Indians. Let's keep the Cleveland hate coming. <laughs> we, we said that the – the what? Bengals' record for this this season was probably going to be like 11-5 and five at, the, at the ceiling. What do you think – I mean, Joe Burrow's first season. Yeah. This is – I mean, you got, you got OBJ, you got Baker up in Cleveland. Yeah. Do you think that the Bengals this – season are going are going to finish above the Browns in the division yeah I mean I would say yes but the thing I want to see is the first three weeks the first three weeks because the Browns will decide their whole season then because if they're they're two and one and everybody believes in the head coach and they're all hung you know great I, I think Baker Mayfield's not a bad quarterback right I think he's league average I think he can be like an Andy Dalton in Cleveland and they can win a lot of games and they can almost make the playoffs and I think they can be pretty good but I just don't think that's going to happen in Cleveland. Like you got, they bring in a new coach every year and every single year, the Browns look at me and they go, this is the guy we figured it out. Great hire. Yeah. It's great hire every (laughs) year. Great hire. Our coach 35th one's the charm. Every draft pick, Brandon Whedon, Trent Richardson. Oh my God. We're making the playoffs next year. He's already 28. (laughs) He's in his prime already. Brandon Whedon. He's great. Right. Every year, Johnny Manziel. Oh, he's going to be great too. Every year, the, the, the Browns fans predict they're going 10-6 and six every season. So I just don't believe it. I'm, I refuse to believe it until I see it. And anybody that does the opposite, I think, is being a little crazy. Well, I mean, that shows how stupid the media was, too. They had them in the top five, top seven odds to win the Super Bowl last year, too. And everyone's like, why? How? <laughs> I, I like I, uh, the talent, certainly, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. They're great in a lot of places. Yep. But the thing about an organization is that you have to have some sort of baseline of winning to then take the next step. And they've just been trying to take the next step for the last 20 years. They haven't established any baseline. The Bengals established a baseline. And the fact that people think the Bengals and Browns are in the same boat is absolutely insane. The Bengals were in the same boat with three other teams, the Packers, the Seahawks, and the Patriots for teams that made five straight playoff appearances at the beginning of this decade. Yeah. That's the boat the Bengals are in. They weren't in the boat with the Browns, who've been at the bottom of the NFL since they you know, became the new Cleveland Browns, 
right? That's just, you have to have a baseline of winning, and the Browns have never established that. The Bengals certainly have, and it hasn't been, what were we, four and one two years ago? I, I can't remember the last time the Browns were four and one. Yeah, and I, and I think that because of last season, the Bengals only winning one, two games, like that is the only reason that Browns go, we did better than you. It's like, well, we got Joe Burrow now, so you yeah. kind of screwed yourself on that one, and you're not going to do better than us for the next decade. <laughs> yeah, no, no chance. No chance that they're going to do better. All right, Matt, I think that brings an end to our time. Uh, anything else you want to touch on? Or are we calling it a 3.30 uh, a a.m. Coney because it's over? Well, <laughs> <laughs> while we're talking other teams, I do want to uh, get, get your opinion on something. Yeah. Fire away. Tom Brady at the Bucks. How do you think that they are going to do this season? I think they're going to be good. I think that it, it's Tom Brady picked the perfect place for him. I, I see like a Joe Montana Chiefs type of thing. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything crazy. But that offense was really good with Jameis Winston. I don't think they'll have the, as much volume as they did with Jameis Winston in terms of the yards because they're just not going to throw that much. But the efficiency is going to be really high. And I think that Tom will have enough time and there's enough weapons there that they're going to be at least a 9-7 and seven team, probably 11-5, and five, and be one of the better teams in that really tough division. And it's going to be just – Tom Brady's going to be pretty good. And that's awesome at his age. Like, pretty good's pretty incredible yeah. at his age. And I think he'll get some castaway MVP votes because he's 43 and it's going to be really impressive. But I think he picked the perfect situation for him, warm weather – and he's just – he's a professional. I think he's going to figure it out, get with his guys. His way to retirement. Yeah. Brought, brought Gronk out of retirement to carry him for a, what, a season or two. Who knows? Gronk's acting like um, Leonardo DiCaprio with as much weight as he's gaining and losing all the time. Yeah. You know, he Gotta lost all that weight. I was like, you're going to play again, dude. You're going to have to put all that back on. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to yeah, eat so much food. Cruise or whatever he was doing. Gain, gained a few few <laughs> a few hundred pounds doing that. <laughs> All right. Yep, I All think right. that'll do it for this week. Another good one. Yeah, 3.30 Coney. 